Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. In the final week of our 167 series, we are studying Romans 12, verses 17 through 21, and considering how God calls us to be peacemakers. So this series 167, if you haven't been here, what we've been talking about is that there are 168 hours in a week, and we spend one hour here. At least this week you've chosen to spend one hour here with us. And so our question is, how are we living as a follower of Jesus the other 167 hours in a week? Because that's, that's the challenge that I think Jesus has put before us. He doesn't want us to just be a Sunday morning Christian or a Sunday morning follower of Jesus. He's asking us to be his follower our entire lives. He only wants everything that we have to offer. He wants our surrender. He wants to see us totally change. And so that's what this series has been about. That's what we've been pursuing. We've been reading through uh, the book of Romans in chapter 12. And chapter 12 is an intense uh, chapter. If you hadn't been there before we started this series, you're starting to pick up that like, there's a lot in there. That's, it's a lot. It's like the cliff notes of the Bible. Uh, kids, ask your parents what that means. There's a certain age of us that gets that. Um, it's, it's everything packed into one chapter, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, all packed into one chapter in the Bible. So it started, we started talking about being willing to be a living sacrifice, to give up our lives, to be followers of Jesus, to give up control of our lives as followers of Jesus, to say, Jesus, you are the center of who I am. The next part we talked about is being transformed, being willing to be transformed, to be a new creation. We aren't who we once were because we have been totally changed, and the example given was the change that a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. Totally transformed. And then it talks about using our spiritual gifts, that we have to use our spiritual gifts in order to Uh, be full-fledged members of society. We have to use the gifts that God has given us to love his people in the world. That means using those gifts not just here one hour a week, but everywhere that we touch, every sphere of influence that we have, that we'd use those gifts. We talked about loving out of the center of who we are, not faking it. But recognizing that Jesus is the center and we love as he loves, not because the people we are trying to love deserve it, but because Jesus is love and he has transformed our lives and we have dedicated, we have surrendered everything to him. And then last week, thank you for your grace, I struggled through talking about blessing those who persecute us. That's a tall task and we can't do it unless we've been transformed by the love and power of Jesus. And so this week, 
that gets us to the end of, of chapter 12. And some of us, like me, are like, finally. I don't know if I can do any more. It's been so challenging. So we're going to finish chapter 12. We're going to read from verses 17 to 21. That's what we're reading today. I'm going to read it two different ways. I'll read from the NIV. Um, and then I'm going to read from the message uh, version. But I'm going to start with the NIV. So Romans chapter 12, starting verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. <clears throat> Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. <clears throat> so this sounds really difficult again, right? I mean, that's just another huge challenge of like, why is there so much loving of my enemy? Can't I just hate somebody for a bit? I mean, just for a few minutes. Uh, maybe on Fridays. How about first thing Monday morning at work? Can I hate the Monday morning person? I mean, they're the worst. Right? The person's like, hey, it's going to be a great week. And you're like, shut up. I'm barely awake. I'm not sure how I got here. Right? No, no but Jesus is like, that's not how we live. We are different. We aren't different for the sake of being different. We're different because we have been changed by the love, grace, and mercy of Jesus Christ. So we have to live different. So the message, I'm going to read the message because there's a piece in the NIV where the language um, makes it seem like we should, be, we should be fake and we should pretend that everything's okay. And so the message really, really clears that up, that that's not actually what, what is being said. And so same verses, message version, the message, just a different translation of the Bible. Don't hit back. Right, that's clear enough. That that's what we tell two and three year olds: don't hit back. Come on, that's good for all of us. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging. God says, "I'll take care of it." Our scriptures tell us <clears throat> that if you see your enemy, hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. And don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Still clear, the challenge is steep. But in this en entire chapter, here's what I think is actually being talked about. And we've talked about this a little bit, but there's this word out there that's uh, it's shalom. It's a Hebrew word. Everybody say shalom. shalom. Nice inflection. Well done. I have no idea how you actually, like, like what a good pronunciation sounds like. My Hebrew is a little rusty. But shalom, the, how we have always translated it in English is as peace. 
Um, but we talked about a few months ago how shalom actually has a much deeper, much broader meaning. Shalom actually is talking about wholeness or completeness. It's talking about everything, all parts of our lives being full and rich and good. And not rich like in money, but rich as in like really valuable to us and so deep and life-giving. So shalom is actually a greeting in, in Hebrew. In Jewish culture, it was a greeting that we want what is absolutely best for you. And so I think what this chapter is actually about is about bringing about shalom everywhere that we go. Bringing about this wholeness, this completeness, and doing everything within our power to not break shalom. To do everything that we can not to break shalom. And that's the, that's the, greater, the greater idea here. So if you think back to when we talked about spiritual gifts, it's actually shalom breaking to have a spiritual gift and not offer it to the world around us. That's shalom breaking because you were designed by God on purpose for a purpose. And if you aren't leaning into your purpose... Your God-given purpose by using the gifts that he has given you, it's shalom-breaking. We aren't complete. We aren't whole. If we're pretending to care about others, if we're pretending or faking it that everything is okay, that we're just going to try to get along with everyone, that's actually shalom-breaking because there's no richness and no Authentic, authenticity in our relationships. And what good is a relationship if it isn't authentic? It's shallow. It's weak. It's shalom breaking. Blessing those who persecute us. Shalom keeping. It's not easy. But this great wholeness, this completeness, it's this picture. It's this picture of what heaven is supposed to be like. In heaven, all of us will be complete and whole. Full of love and grace, and mercy, and peace. Shalom keeping is not overcoming evil with evil, but overcoming evil with, with good. Abraham Lincoln is quoted as saying, Do I not destroy my enemy by making him my friend? Do when I destroy my enemy by making him my friend? Overcome evil with good. This entire concept has to do with shalom or peace. And so we're going to approach this. Uh, there's three different reactions we can have to this, uh, to this truth that I think is out there. And so the three different things are peacekeeper. We can choose to become a peacekeeper. We can choose to be a troublemaker. 
or we can choose to be a peacemaker. Peacekeeper, troublemaker, or peacemaker. Now, what just happened right then is when I said troublemaker, all of you thought of at least one person. Don't point at them now, that will be awkward. Troublemaker seems to be the easiest one to relate to, the easiest one to understand what that looks like. And so, what a troublemaker actually is, is troublemaker is someone who um, uses conflict to their advantage. Uses conflict to manipulate uh, someone or a group of people to get what they want in the way that they want it. A troublemaker uses guilt and shame for their advantage. A troublemaker isn't someone who's out stealing and, and damaging cars. They're, they're stealing joy and damaging relationships. They're shalom breaking because they aren't interested in the whole. They aren't interested in in the group as a whole, in the community as a whole, a troublemaker is interested in mine. I want what's mine. I want my share. I want my part. I don't care if it costs other people everything. I want mine. Troublemaker is selfish. Self-centered. But the manipulation piece of it is a troublemaker makes it look like it's, it's your fault that they're not happy. Makes it look like it's, it's your fault that they've missed the mark somewhere in their world. That's a troublemaker. And I think if I took... I think if I took a poll in the room, all of us could agree that maybe troublemaker isn't our life goal. Is that fair? Like that's, troublemaker is not what we're aiming for. Maybe we'll pass through troublemaker for a season in our life, but troublemaker is not, not the end that we want to get to. That doesn't sound like a person I want to be. But I can tell you about the person that I have been in my life, and that's a peacekeeper. Now, peacekeeper, this sounds like a good thing. Like, uh, police officers are also often talked about as being keepers of the peace, right? That's, that's, that's something that we want. Well, peacekeepers, and this, like I said, I'm going to talk about me, all right? So here's something that I have, always, I have always struggled with. I want everybody to be happy. I want everyone to be happy, and let me actually say what's true for me. I want everybody to be happy with me. And so I will, I would do whatever it would take to make somebody happy with me. And what that meant oftentimes is I'd be doing something over here to make this person happy with me, but what I was doing over here would not make this other person over here happy with me. So then I'd have to run over here and, and try to placate this person to make them happy with me. I wanted to keep the peace. I wanted to make certain that 
everybody viewed me well. I didn't want to rock any boats. I didn't want any boats rocking. I didn't want any feathers ruffled. I didn't want any disturbances anywhere ever. Because if there was a disturbance, what I would tell myself is, is that I'm not good enough because somebody isn't pleased with me. And so I'm diving in, in multiple directions just trying to keep people happy with me. Because I thought if they're happy with me, there will be peace. And there was this, there's this shallow peace. Do you know where there wasn't peace? In me. I was, it exhausted me. It drained me. It made me set aside who God made me to be. It made me set aside the gifts that God had given me because I was so worried about somebody else being happy that I couldn't be who God had created me to be. Me being a peacekeeper was a different way to manipulate. A more socially acceptable way, but manipulation nonetheless. If I did everything just right, then maybe they would do what I wanted them to do. And everything would be okay. Now, peacekeeping can be family tradition. I come from a long line of peacekeepers, raised into a peacekeeping household and a peacekeeping community. Anybody else? And, and we think, like, this is awesome. Look how happy everybody is on the outside when they're in public, when other people can see them. What was true is we couldn't be ourselves. Because I spent the whole time acting like I was someone else. To please someone else. Not to please God. I wasn't focused on glorifying God. I was focused on being who other people needed me to be. Thinking that was keeping the peace. Now it's wrong. Because a, a shallow relationship is a wavy relationship. It's a rocky one. There's no depth. A single footstep out of, out of place would cause turmoil. Well, guess what? I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. And knowing that I'm going to make mistakes, I'm a person who makes mistakes. Knowing that that is true means that I can't keep all the boats from rocking because I'm going to screw up. I can't keep all the feathers from being ruffled because I'm going to say something that ruffles feathers. I cannot be perfect because I cannot be perfect. I'm a terrible peacekeeper. Because peacekeepers can't even own our faults. 
because that wouldn't keep the peace. So what are we left to do? What's, what's the other option? The last option is a peacemaker. A peacemaker. Now, I think before I started this, when I was first listening off the things, like who would have thought that Jesus was a peacekeeper? Right? Like he, he went around and he kind of made everybody happy most of the time. At least the stories I can remember. Jesus is actually a peacemaker. And we're supposed to be like Jesus. And so this is, this is where we should have our eyes trained. This is where we should be focused on being a peacemaker. Now, there's a few things that go, go into being, uh, being a peacemaker. I can't remember which one I have first, Shelly. Will you throw the first one up there? Peacemakers don't retaliate or seek revenge. Does that sound familiar? Verse 17 of chapter 12 in the book of Romans. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not retaliate or seek revenge. Jesus said something about if your adversary strikes you in the cheek, what are you supposed to do? Turn him the other cheek also. Does that sound like retaliation? Does that sound like revenge? No. Sounds crazy. Who would do that? Who would actually let that happen? How is that possible? Peacemakers are comfortable with letting God do what God's, God's here to do. And God, he's, he's the head of the wrath department. He's the head of meting out justice. Not me. Not you. See, we we suck at justice. Because we can only see it from our perspective. We can't see it from God's. So a peacemaker is comfortable with God doing what God's best at. Covering retaliation. Like, that's God's job, not ours. A peacemaker is comfortable with there being short-term injustice, getting smacked in one cheek, if it helps people recognize that Jesus is who he says he is. I'll do anything short of sin to make Christ Known, including suffer, including experience injustice. I'm not giving up who I am in that circumstance. I'm actually standing firmly on who I know that I am made to be, a follower of Jesus. 
imitating him to the best of my ability. Peacemaker is someone who initiates reconciliation. So reconciliation is trying to make things right again. When there is a a fray in a relationship, when there is a hurt that has gone unresolved, the peacemaker is the one who is willing to go and pursue reconciliation, to start over, to try to make things right again. And the challenge with this is, we can pursue reconciliation and the other person may not be interested. We can pursue reconciliation and the relationship may never get to where it was before. And that's okay. But we can be the first as peacemakers to say, I'm sorry. I want to own, I want to own my part of this disruption to our relationship. I'm going to ask you to own your part. And then can we try to start over? Can we try to go back and do this again? I understand there's been hurt and trust lost. Can, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm willing to give trust again. Are you? Peacemakers don't wait for somebody else to take the first step. We step out first. It's hard and challenging as that may be. Peacemakers aren't worried about saving face. Coming out the other side looking good. Peacemakers are concerned about a true reconciliation. Not easy, but worth it. The next one. Excuse me. Peacemakers speak the truth in love. I think we skipped one, didn't we, Shelley? Should have four of those. Whoops. Oh, peacemakers forgive, forgive and offer grace. Do you have that one? No? No, she's shaking her head no. Well, the fourth one, this is the fourth one. We're going to end on that one. The one in here is peacemakers forgive and offer grace. Peacemakers forgive and offer grace. Peacemakers do that in equal measure to the grace that, they, that we feel like we've received. So we have a clear understanding of the grace and mercy that we've received from Jesus, then we offer that in kind to those around us. We don't expect somebody to not make a mistake. We just offer grace to those who do when they do. Because that's what's happened for us. We don't expect others to be perfect. We understand others are going to make mistakes because I make mistakes. I mess up. And so then, and not expecting someone else to be perfect, when, when somebody else makes a mistake, I want to forgive them. Because I've been forgiven. Now it's not that 
easy. There's a, often a longer process depending on what's been done to you. I don't want to make this sound flippant. It's like some horrible thing happened to you and, oh, I forgive you. It's going to be fine. It's great. Don't worry about it. I've already forgotten. That's probably not how it's going to go. Forgiveness is a, is a difficult process, but peacemakers are willing to pursue it. Forgiveness might take, might take months or years, but we're peacemakers at least willing to say, I'm going to try. Which means peacemakers can't hold grudges. Peacemakers, don't hold grudges. They're too heavy. It's too much to carry. We have to be at least willing to pursue forgiveness. There's something I did uh, a couple years ago now that's awesome as a way for me to manage some unforgiveness I had. It was a process, it was a few hour thing that I went through and did. Um, if, there's, if you're stuck in unforgiveness somewhere, come talk to me, I'll be at the Welcome Center after the service and I can give you the information on what I walked through and how powerful that was for me. It was so good. Last one we're gonna do is peacemakers speak truth and love. Now I left this one for last. On purpose. Because <clears throat> this one can get used uh, by not peacemakers often. So this one can be used uh, to manipulate people. Like we have to be, we have to carry this one carefully and actually love someone. And not not just use love as an excuse to tear somebody apart. So Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit loves you. God loves you. And so when the Holy Spirit convicts you and draws out something that's true in you, it's coming from a place of love. Peacemakers, we have to be willing to speak truth, to speak what is true for us because we love. Not to embarrass somebody, not to hurt someone, not to manipulate to get what we want, but because we love. There's a lot of ways in current society that this has been used to try to hurt people. 
Jesus didn't hurt people. And he's love. So anything that, that is being said to try to hurt people that God loves isn't truth and isn't love. Peacemakers. Speak what's true for them. From a place of love to people whom they love. Bryce and Lauren, you guys can come on back up. Just so you all, a little picture behind the scenes here at Center Point Church, Hayward and Campus. This works much better at our other campus, so. But here what happens is, before the service, I say, I have no idea how I'm going to end the service. To which Bryce gives me a nervous smile. There it is. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do? I'm like, oh, we'll just we'll roll with it. We'll see how it goes. So that's how things roll here. I don't know what to do about that. I should probably get better at this. I'm like five and a half years in. If I was going to get better, you'd think I'd be better now, but... Pray for me, would you? So here's the challenge, right? So if you're, if you're new here, if you haven't been here before, what we want to do is we want to not just be hearers of the word. We want to hear and take in, but we want to understand what can we do? How can we move forward? How can we take what we've heard and change something within us? So I'm going to give you two challenges this week. One's going to be easier. I'm not going to say easy. One's going to be easier. One's going to be super challenging. We up for that? <laughs> Somebody's like, you know the Super Bowl's this afternoon, right? <laughs> you got time, friends. It starts at 530. You got time. Here's what I want you to do. First thing, there were three there were three things that we described today. We talked about being a troublemaker, a peacekeeper, or a peacemaker. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to be honest with yourself. The majority of your life, how have you shown up? Have you shown up as a troublemaker, a peacekeeper, or a peacemaker? I, just be honest with yourself. This is an exercise for you to do. I'm not going to ask you to turn this in. If you try to make yourself look, look better for your own discussion in your own head, I don't know. Be honest with yourself. Who, how have you shown up? Who are you really? Are you a troublemaker, a peacekeeper, or a peacemaker? That's the first thing I want you to do. Just look back at your life, be honest with yourself. Second thing. Can we, can we decide today that we want to pursue being peacemakers? Jesus was a peacemaker. We're supposed to be more and more like Jesus. Can we choose today, decide today, that this next seven days, I'm going I'm to pursue being a peacemaker. 
And I know what you're thinking. I don't know what being a peacemaker looks like. And I will say, yes, you do. Look in Romans chapter 12. It's being a peacemaker. Those are your two to-dos for this week. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.